What would you do if you knew you would not fail? Last night, somebody yelled, play the lottery, right? Um, think, think about it. How would your life be different if you weren't afraid of failure? I believe one of the greatest fears that we have is the fear of failure, which is why we don't pursue our dreams, which is why we don't take a risk, which is why we don't do the things that God places on our hearts because we're quick to go to the worst case scenario. What if I'm not good enough? What if I fall flat on my face? What if I embarrass myself? What are people gonna think? If we're not careful, we can be consumed with the fear of failure. And I believe that's exactly what Moses is dealing with in Exodus chapter three. So if you have your Bibles, Meet me in Exodus chapter three. It's the second book of the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. One of the ushers will get one to you in just a moment. I do wanna give a shout out to those in the loft, those online. So glad that you're tuning in with us today. Also, if you have your sermon notes, feel free to take those out. Great way to track with the message today. We're in a sermon series titled Fearless. Fearless is our word for the year. It's our prayer that collectively and individually, uh, we would be fearless. Because we believe that as a church, if we are fearless, God will do amazing things in and through our lives. We will experience God working in ways that we've never experienced him working before. And our verse for the year is Joshua 1.9, where God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And we kicked off our series and just looked at a, just an overall vision of being fearless as a church with that verse from Joshua. Then we talked about the fear of people, like we can be paralyzed by the fear of people. We looked at the fear of the future, how so often we focus on the unknown and to take great peace in what we already know because of what the scripture says. Today, we are looking at the fear of failure. This is something that Moses struggled with. This is something that I believe all people struggle with in some way, shape, or form. Moses has seen a bush. It says that the angel of the Lord was there. Anytime we see the angel of the Lord, it's literally God himself. God says, Moses, take off your sandals. You're on holy ground. He says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And let's pick it up in verse seven of Moses, of what Moses is gonna say in Exodus chapter three. Verse seven, Exodus three, let's stand as we honor the reading of God's word. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I'll pause there just for a moment. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but the pain, the suffering, the heartache, the affliction, God sees you, he hears you, and he cares for you same way he did back thousands of years ago. He says, I'm gonna bring you up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and the Termites, and the Uptites, and the out of sights. <laughs> and now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Heavenly Father, in this moment, 
Would you speak? Would you encourage? Would you inspire? Would you change our hearts, our minds? God, that we would, that we would be fearless. God, I pray that you would take over my heart, my mouth, my mind, and that you would have your way today. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Keep your finger in there. We're going to return to that passage. How many of you, like me, have failed a lot in life? Raise your hand. Good. Do not raise your spouse's hand, all right? Uh, I I fail just all the time. Uh, People say you're supposed to make your bed every morning. I fail to do that. Uh, People say that your dentist will say you have to, you know, floss your teeth every night. I fail to do that. Uh, Car experts will say that anytime your gas tank gets down to the halfway mark, you should fill it back up with gas. I fail to do that. I do not like to mix the old gas with the new gas, so I get it all the way down to empty. But I fail on a regular basis. I fail as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, as a friend. In fact, uh, several years ago, it was about 14 years ago, we were doing a game with a high school ministry. It was when we were meeting downtown before this facility. And it was, a, it was a relay race. And I came up with what I thought was a great idea to have a relay race. And this is what I was telling the leaders we would do. We'd ha- give the students a bag of Doritos and they would have to eat those as quickly as they could. And then they put goggles on and blow up a balloon until it pops. And the leader's like, wait, time out, time out. There's gonna be chunks going into the balloon. It's gonna pop and go everywhere. I'm like, exactly, it's gonna be awesome, right? So, we, so I explained to them, we end up doing the game. It's fun, the students are laughing, the balloons are popping, Doritos are going everywhere. It's an absolute mess and I'm laughing and having a great time. And then all of a sudden, the gal next to me, one of the students, she blew up the balloon and all of a sudden, boom, she just passed out next to me. She uh, had started hyperventilating. Uh, She blacked out. I'm like, hey, are you okay? Uh, She wasn't uh, moving at all. I started getting really nervous. There was a nurse there that came and said, Jeremy, you need to call 911 right now. It's like your worst nightmare as a youth pastor to have a kid on the ground, not able to wake up because you came up with a cool game at youth group, right? And so the 911 is called, ambulance comes, sheriff comes, um, everybody's there. We load her into the ambulance. I follow them to doctor's hospital, and I am praying like I've never prayed before. What am I praying? Please let her live, right? I'm I'm praying, God, make sure there's nothing wrong. I get there. uh, She's awake. She's fine. I go, and I get them food from Wendy's, bring it back. Everything's great. But that was a time in my life that was an epic failure, And I look at my life and there's been so many different times I could tell story after story of all the failures I've had, but I realize that that so many people have failed. I think about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was cut from the basketball team his junior year. He went home and cried because he wasn't good enough. And then later he goes on and wins six world championships. I think about Albert Einstein. He wasn't able to speak until he was four years old and his teachers told him he would never amount to much. Oprah. She was demoted from her job as a news anchor because she wasn't fit for TV. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper for lacking imagination (laughs) and having no original ideas. (laughs) Failure is just a part of life. And if we're not careful, we can allow the fear of failure to keep us from being the people that God wants us to be. Where we're not, again, experiencing the dreams and the vision that God has for our life. So today, I simply want to talk about this. How do you succeed when you're afraid to fail? 
I believe this is something that's practical for every single one of us. How do you succeed when you're afraid to fail? Three principles that I believe will radically change our lives. Number one is simply this. Embrace a godly perspective of success and failure. Embrace a godly perspective of success and failure. In other words, we cannot define success and failure according to the world, according to our parents, according to ourselves. We have to go back to God and say, God, what is success and what is failure in your eyes? Because Jesus said you can gain the whole world, which would be successful according to the world, and at the same time forfeit your soul, which is the greatest failure. Or you can lose everything in this life, which is a failure to the world, and you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, which is the greatest success anybody could have. And so we have to make sure we have a godly perspective of success and failure. See, success isn't about all that God's given you. Success is about your faithfulness in what God's given you. I was in fourth grade uh, playing football. How many of you are super competitive here today? Raise your hand. Yeah, I could tell you're like, me, first one, raising my hand, right? <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm just super competitive. I, I cannot stand losing. I've always been that way. Struggle with that to this day. I, you know, losing is, or winning isn't everything. It's the only thing, right? I, I just struggle to lose. I'm in fourth grade, playing football. We've got 30 seconds left in the game, and the coach is like, hey, let, give the ball to Jeremy. Let him try to run it in. We're going to do a, a reverse. And uh, they let me run because my legs are like nine times longer than everybody else's. I'd take one step. They'd take 19, and I could just outrun everybody. So they gave me the ball, and that's what the coach said. I ran, they pulled my flag short of the end zone. We got enough time for two plays. Coach said, hey, give the ball to Jeremy again. Let him try to run it in. I'm like, that didn't work last time, but okay, you're the coach. Ran, got my flag pulled. Got time for one last play. Guess what he said? Give the ball to Jeremy. Let him try it again. I'm like, coach, this hasn't worked twice, but we'll try it again. I didn't say that. I thought it ran. My flag was pulled about five feet before the end zone. We lost the game by three points. I walked away and cried. To this day, my counselor is still helping me through that moment. <laughs> Here's why I share that story. Like, we have to rethink success. Is success about ultimately winning, or is it about listening to your coach? Because don't miss this. You can win and still fail, or you can lose and succeed. Think about Jesus for a second. 33 years old, he dies on the cross, According to people, his life was an utter failure, but not according to God. Why? Because Jesus obeyed everything that the Father asked him to do. So we have to embrace a godly perspective of success and failure. In your notes, is, is, is that, that's the first point. Embrace a godly perspective of success and failure. Ne next point is, obedience is the key to success. Don't miss this. Obedience is the key to success. In fact, David put it this way to his son Solomon. He said, in 1 Kings, do what the Lord your God commands and follow his teachings. Obey everything written in the law of Moses. He says, then you will be a success no matter what you do or where you go. I love this because he's telling his son, hey son, you gotta understand, despite what the world says, obey God, do what God says, because wherever you go, whatever you do, then you will be a success. Circle or write a little, write a little star next to that point in your notes. Why? Because obedience is the key to success. We've got so many high school coaches at our church, and I love that because they're teaching their students, hey, ultimate success is not just winning, ultimate success is your character. See, there's something greater than winning and losing. 
It's success and failure according to God, and that takes place when we live a life of obedience. Second of all, in your notes, failure is an event, not a person. Failure is an event, not a person. Some of you have been told recently, in the past, by your mom, your dad, a grandparent, a teacher, a coach, that you're a failure. It's not true. You will fail, but you are not a failure. Why? Because failure is always an event. It is never a person. I think about King David. What did King David do? King David failed several times. He gives all of us hope. Committed adultery. He committed murder. He failed miserably in the eyes of God. He was disobedient, but yet in God's grace, what did God say about David? He's a man after my own heart. So the first thing that we have to understand is that we need to embrace a godly perspective of success and failure. Second of all, understand the realities of fear and failure. Uh, understand the realities of the fear of failure. And, and there's three of them here, and I want to really camp on this first one. Because if we're going to be fearless, we, we have to understand that the situation that Moses finds himself in is a situation that we often find ourselves in. That God's going to give us a task. He's going to give us an opportunity. He's going to say, hey, this is what I want you to do, or this is where I want you to go. And this is the first thing that we see in the life of Moses. Fear of failure is often focused on self. Put a star next to that one as well. Most of the time, our fear of failure is because we're focused on what we want and what we're capable of doing and our abilities and our gifts and what we think instead of God, of what God is saying and what God is doing and what God desires we're going to see this broken down in several different ways. Verse 11, after God tells Moses in chapter 3 of Exodus that you're going to go and that you're going to lead the people out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, but I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So the first thing that Moses says is he asks God this. He says, who am I? What will we often say? God, why me? God, there's somebody else that could do it. Of all the people, why me? And I love this because... God doesn't say to Moses, hey, hey, Moses, remember how gifted you are. Moses, remember your abilities. Moses, remember this. No, he gives Moses the promise that he gave to Joshua. Moses, I will always be with you. Why? One of the greatest things that we need is something God gives us through his Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God. And there will be times in our lives when we are consumed and focused on ourselves instead of being focused on God that the fear of failure will creep in and will say, who am I? Why me? See, I think Moses actually thought that he was the one that was going to be doing the work. God's like, no, Moses, you're just the tool. You're the tool that I want to use to accomplish my work. I'm the one doing the work. And so for whatever it is that God's calling you today, you're not the one doing the work. You're the one God's using to accomplish his work. But if we're not careful, we can be more focused on ourselves than God, and we can say, who am I? Why me? Next we see in verse 13, it says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me what is his name, what shall I say to them? 
And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Second question that Moses asks is simply, what shall I tell them? I don't have all the answers. But Moses is saying, you know, but God, if you want me to do this, how is this going to work out? And how's that going to work out? How's that going to work out? And if we're not careful, God's going to put a call on our life. He's going to ask us to do something. And we're going to say, but God, tell me about this. Moses could have said, what if they ask me about the Trinity? What if they say, God, where have you been the last 400 years? God, what if they ask about this or this or this? And if we get to a point in our lives where we're more focused on ourselves and having all the answers, we will never serve God. Here's Moses, he's, he's consumed with making sure I've got the answers and I know what's gonna happen. And here's God saying, Moses, just trust me. Moses, I've got it all figured out. Moses, you don't need to worry. See, the, the problem with the fear of failure is feeling that we need to have all those answers. Thirdly, what, is, what does Moses say? After God says, you know what? This is what you need to tell him. This is who I am. By the way, Moses, it's not gonna be an easy journey. What's gonna happen is, is it's gonna be difficult with Pharaoh. There's gonna be some times of challenges, but eventually you're gonna leave out of Egypt. I'm gonna give you everything you can uh, desire. I'm gonna give you treasure, and I- I'm just gonna supply every single one of your needs. What's the third question he says? He says, well, what if they do not believe me? How will others respond to me? God, God what if I do what you ask? And, and others don't think I'm accurate. Others don't think I'm telling the truth. What if people don't believe what I'm saying? And again, here's Moses. He's focused more on himself than he is the Lord. And what does God do? God says, okay, I'm going to give you faith. I'm going to give you confidence. What's in your hand right now? It's, it's a staff, Moses said. God says, throw it on the ground. And so he throws it on the ground and it becomes a snake. He says, pick it up by the tail. He picks it up by the tail, becomes a staff again. If that's not enough, he looks at Moses and says, Moses, put your hand inside your cloak. He puts it in his cloak. He pulls it out, and it's filled with leprosy. He says, put it back in your cloak. He puts it back in, pulls it out, and it's healthy. It's, the leprosy is gone. And if that's not enough, God says, hey, if you need something else, take water out of the Nile, pour it on the ground. It's going to turn into blood. I'm going to give you everything you need. Don't miss this. God will ask you to do stuff, and you'll think, what about me? How am I going to figure this out? What am I going to do? God will supply every single one of your needs in Christ Jesus. And if that wasn't enough, the fourth question that Moses asks is this, I am slow of speech and tongue. We'll often say I'm not gifted or qualified. What's Moses doing for the fourth time? He's focusing on himself instead of the Lord. Often God will ask you to do something in an area where you're not gifted, in an area where you're not qualified, so that God gets all the glory. I wanna say that one more time. Often God will ask you to do something in an area where you're not qualified, in an area where you're not gifted, maybe an area where you're not experienced, so that God gets all the glory. That's why at church we wanna step out in faith and do things that we've never done before so that we can say, hey, if this happens, if this works, if people come to know Christ, we will know that it's not because of anything that we've done, it's only because of the sovereignty and the power of God. And yet if we're not careful, we can get focused on our weaknesses and our inabilities and get to a point where Moses lastly says this to God. He simply says, God sends someone else to do it. God just sends somebody else. Or we'll just say, God, I don't want to. 
He's, he responds to Moses and says, Moses, who's created your mouth? Who gives you the ability to talk? And Moses, at the end of the day, just says, God, I just don't want to. I believe the fear of failure crept in so much that despite all of the responses that Moses had, he still didn't want to obey God. And that's what happens when we focus on ourselves more than we focus on God. Reality number two in your notes is simply this. Fear of failure is often focused on self. Second of all, you cannot have success without some failure. You cannot have success without some failure. And I think about all the people in the Bible that, that failed. I think about Thomas. Thomas failed miserably. He would eventually go on and give his life as a martyr for Jesus Christ, but he said, unless I see the hands, the holes in Jesus' hands, stick my finger in his side, I'm not gonna believe. He failed at faith. And yet God gave him another chance and he was highly successful. Think about Michael Jordan. I believe he's one of the greatest basketball players that ever played. This is what Michael Jordan said. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life and that is why I succeed. I think about Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States. Look at his journey to becoming president. 1831, he failed in business. 1832, he ran for state legislator, lost. 1832, lost his job. He wanted to go to law school, but he couldn't get in. 1835, he was engaged to be married. Sweetheart died and his heart was broken. 1836, he had a total nervous breakdown and was in bed for six months. 1838, he sought to become speaker of the Senate or of the state legislator, he was defeated. 1840, sought to become uh, elector, he was defeated. 1843, ran for Congress, lost. 1849, sought the job of a land officer in his home state, rejected. 1854, ran for Senate of the United States, lost. 1856, sought the vice president nomination, got less than 100 votes, ouch. 1858, ran for the U.S. Senate again. Again, he lost. In 1860, he was elected president of the United States. You cannot have success without some failure. And then thirdly, failure is the key to growth and learning. Failure is the key to, to growth and learning. This is what I love about Peter. What did Peter do? He failed miserably. He denied Jesus three different times, denied even knowing him where he could have allowed himself to get stuck in that failure, he realized that failure is the key to growth and learning. What do we see in Acts chapter three, chapter four, chapter five? We see Peter with boldness preaching the gospel. Why? Because he learned. He probably said, if I ever have an opportunity, I'm never gonna deny Christ again. If I ever have a second chance, I'm gonna do things differently. Today, God's giving us a second chance to do things differently. Maybe we've failed in the past. Maybe we're fearful of failure right now, but God is giving us a second chance to learn from our mistakes and do something different in the future. I think about failure, and instead of calling it failure, maybe we should call it an education. In that case, I'm highly educated. <laughs> Sarah Blakely, he's, uh, she is the youngest self-made billionaire at the age of 41 years old. She said, my dad used to ask my brother and me at the dinner table what we had failed at that week. I remember coming home from school 
and saying, Dad, I tried out for this and I was horrible. And he would high five me and say, way to go. I didn't have some, if I didn't have something that I failed at, he actually would be disappointed. This dinner table tradition allowed Blakely to see the value in failure. She said, my dad always encouraged me to fail. And because of this, he gave me the gift of retraining my thinking about failure. She explained, failure for me became about not trying instead of the outcome. Instead of the outcome. Thirdly, in your notes, what's the last thing we need to know? We need to know that faith in God overcomes the fear of failure. It's ultimately trusting in God, that if God has a plan, that God has a purpose, that God has an agenda, that God has a, a way, a thing that he wants to accomplish in our lives, he's going to do it. And Paul believed that. Galatians 2.20 put it this way. He said, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love that about Paul. He said, the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. We will either live a life by faith in Jesus or by fear and often fear of failure. And so we see that Paul demonstrated that knowing that faith in God overcomes the fear of failure. Well, how do we do that? How do we allow our faith in God to overcome the fear of failure? Three realities. Number one, trust God's plan and purpose. Trust God's plan and rest in his purpose. God's got a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. For all of us, they're the same, and for all of us, they're very unique. They're all the same because his plan for all of us is Jesus. Because we fail, because we sin, because we... Uh, don't have access to God because of our good works or, or being good people. We need somebody to do something that we can't do ourselves, and that's why God sent Jesus, to go to the cross in our place for our sins, that we can live a successful life because of Jesus. That's God's ultimate plan for all of our lives. But there are also unique callings that God has for all of us, U unique directions that he's setting us off to, and we just have to trust God's plan and rest in his purpose. I think about what took place in Acts chapter five. The disciples are out and they're telling people about Jesus and, and there's people that are complaining, they're being told to stop. And there's a man there, uh, Gamaliel. He says, you know what, if this is of God, it's not gonna work, or it's gonna work. If it's not of God, it's gonna fail. In fact, this is what he says. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. See, there's great faith and great peace in taking a risk because if it's of God, nobody's gonna be able to stop God. There's peace in that. There's hope in that. Second of all, pray for courage and boldness. Pray for courage and boldness. Where in your life right now are you praying, God, help me to be strong. Help me to be courageous. Help me to be bold. Time in my life I prayed that the most was about 13 years ago. 13 years ago after our son Jacob was diagnosed with having a chromosome disorder. Doesn't walk, doesn't talk, doesn't eat. Many of you already know that. The doctors came back to us and said, hey, just so you know, if you want to have other children in the future, um, there could be several complications. You could have many miscarriages 
Um, you could uh, have other kids with special needs, um, just, just so you're aware of that. And boy, the, the fear of that crept into our lives, and we quickly talked right away about adopting, and I didn't want to live with regret. I said, you know what? God, would you, would you make me bold? And if you want me to be bold, you need Kelly to be bold. And I just believe that this is an opportunity. I, I remember just praying for boldness in that season. We ended up conceiving, having Drew, super healthy. Uh, but that was a time in my life where I prayed for boldness. Where in your life are you praying for boldness? Where in this season are you saying, God, it's so easy to be fearful of failure. God, would you help me? Would you give me a boldness that only comes from you? The disciples prayed for this. In fact, in Acts chapter four, this is what it says. As they're praying, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And a couple verses later, it says that the house that they were at was, was shaken. They continued to speak with more boldness. That was their prayer because they were being told, hey, quit talking about the name of Jesus. And they're like, okay, we're gonna pray for more boldness. Should we listen to you or should we listen to God? And so the second thing that we do is we pray for courage and boldness. And then thirdly, what do we do? We desire to please God through taking a step of faith. But what, is, what does that look like to take a step of faith? Well, I believe this video clip illustrates it well. It's a step of faith. What's that, what's that step of faith in your own life where you say, God, I just need to trust you? God, I, I don't see what's next, but I need to trust you. Why is that so important? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's what it says in Hebrews eleven six. In fact, I love what Martin Luther King Jr. says. He says, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. And so what is that in your life? Where do you need to take a step of faith? Where do you, do you say, you know what, I, I don't want to give in to this fear of failure? Because I believe one of the greatest fears that we have as, as people is the fear of failure. But I believe one of the greatest pains we experience is the pain of regret. Where do you need to trust God right now so you don't look back at your life and say, God, I regret not stepping out in faith? When I was in my 20s, I was going to Sac State University, majoring in business management. Uh, thought I'd just be a part of a company and do that for the rest of my life. God had other plans. I started helping out with ministry, and at that time, I was taking a couple computer programming classes that were beyond my comprehension. I remember I did a report. It was 15% of my grade. Got it back. I got zero out of 15. Um, that doesn't encourage you, folks. That's a failure. Uh, and I realized very quickly, there is no way I can pass these classes. As, as much as I studied, tried, I went and talked to the teachers, like I, I failed two classes that were necessary for this major. And so God put on my heart, um, got ministry, and I realized, you know what, if I don't pursue ministry, I'm going to live with regret for the rest of my life. And so I changed to communication study, try, to, try not to let the fear of failure go there. Uh, got my master's at Fuller Seminary in Southern California, try not to let the fear of failure get me there, but I didn't want to live with regret for the rest of my life. What's that area of your life right now where you've been giving in to the fear of failure, where if you don't step out in faith, you're going to live with regret later on in life? Where you look back at your life and you say, man, I wish I would have just trusted God. Some of you, God's calling you to step out and start your own business. He's put that dream on your heart, and the only right reason why you have not yet done that is the fear of failure. 
For, for some of you, it is it's a relationship. Boy, you've been in relationships in the past and you got burned, you've been hurt. And the fear of failure has just crept into your life. It's keeping you from being a part of a relationship. For some of you, it's, it's being the dad or the father that God wants you to be and the fear of failure has crept in and it's, it's keeping you from even trying. Others of you, it's a biblical tithe, putting God first in your finances. And the fear of failure, not having enough at the end of the month is just scaring you right now. But what would your life be like if you say, God, I'm not gonna let the fear of failure rule me, but I wanna trust you. Because you know what's worse than failure? is living with the fear of failure. So the final question in your notes is what fearless step will you take in faith? What, what's that step that you're gonna take so that you can be fearless this year? Maybe it's surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you don't know all the answers. You don't have all the answers, but you do know this, that Jesus loves you that Jesus died for you, that the only way to God, the only way to deal with your sin is through Jesus Christ. And today you wanna to be fearless of that. Maybe you've never been baptized as a follower of Jesus Christ. And you wanna be fearless as you come forward because there's no such thing as a secret agent Christian. I don't know what it is for you. But my prayer is that as a church, individually and collectively, we would be fearless. Let's bow and let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And we worship you right now in this moment. God, thank you for allowing people like Moses to be in the scriptures that we can all relate to. God, because if we're honest today, so many of us, myself included, have allowed the fear of failure to consume us. And so right now in this moment, would you increase our faith? God, for some of us, we've been saying no to you for so long. Today, we just want to say yes. Yes to serving you. Yes to living for you. Yes to surrendering our life to you.